0: Hello friends and welcome to episode number 220 of Bad Flips and Maple Dips. It's Patrick here in Halifax, Nova Scotia. He's Justin in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Justin, uh, it's been a week. Lots of interesting things have happened. Uh, What you saying? How you feeling?
1: I'm feeling great. You know, tomorrow's Friday. One more day till the weekend. Yeah. Where are my weekend warrior's at, am I right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> What does that mean when you say weekend? People
1: warrior? who like work for the weekend, you know. Like, you you, well, don't do we all work you... for the weekend? I mean, some people work on the weekend.
0: Ooh, I don't miss that.
1: Yeah, I've never had a. Well, I've, I've had part-time jobs, I guess, as a as a youngster where I would work on weekends. Yeah. But I haven't since I finished university. I have not worked a weekend. Yeah. So it's been. Shout six out and to and the
0: people years. who listen to us who work on the weekend. Uh, Shout guys... out to those night
1: shift grinders too.
0: Yeah, yeah, the kings and queens of non-standard uh, work schedules. We love you. We yes. probably maybe more than our nine to five, our nine to fivers.
1: Yeah, take that nine to fivers. I'm an eight to fiver, so they can say that.
0: Yeah. So uh, it's been an interesting week for the Toronto Blue Jays, and I really just want to get right into it, so we can go ahead and analyze this to death. <laughs> So never do without, that. <laughs> yeah, without any further ado, I'll say this. If you like what we do, follow us on Twitter. Go ahead and DM or tweet us a question if you would like, or or don't. Uh, we're on Anchor, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. We're there. You can find us at bfmdpodcast.com. Uh, thanks for taking the time to listen to the episode. Go ahead and leave us a review or a star rating to help us Uh, Get out there and see more people although I have to say after doing this for almost Four and a half years. I'm really impressed with How many people actually listen to this fucking show? Um, I love it. I can't get enough of it. I I hope I hope we continue to grow every year as we have been and uh, I'm just really excited to talk about the Toronto Blue Jays uh, with my good buddy uh, Justin, why don't you grip that wheel firmly beneath your little rat claws over there, <laughs> and uh, tell me about what happened this week.
1: I don't know if I want to after that insult. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna grip it too firmly. I'm not gonna white knuckle it. You gotta leave yourself some flexibility, you know. No, I get it. I get it. so huh. Have
0: you seen these lunatics, by the way, who drive? They don't do ten into like I never not did 10 and two really drive oh, only with one hand at six o'clock
1: dude i'm uh <laughs> am a i'm more of a four thirty kind of guy
0: oh like, my god how do you get anything done
1: i'll i i don't know i just do
0: <laughs> you people are lunatics all right hey, let's man. talk let's talk i'm
1: chilling I'm, I'm like i'm like either doing like the vin diesel with the one hand on the top or i'm at 4 30.
0: yeah when you do that do, is the first thing that comes to mind just family just say family. Yeah. Just me Can't turn your back on time. family. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Anyway, uh, let's talk about Brandon Belt. The Blue Jays made a move. And, I mean, we kind of thought that they would go after more of an outfielder type. Belt has played outfield in the past. I will say that. But I don't think he will going forward. Um, the guy's 34 now. He's coming off of knee surgery. Doesn't have mobility. And <coughs> isn't going to be a guy who plays outfield? Let's just drop that right away. Yeah. He's going to be a backup first baseman in DH. And some people on Reddit did the math. And it's likely he'll probably get into, like, I'd say, maybe, say, 30-plus games at first base. That's about how many Vladdy dh last year. Mm-hmm. So he'll cover first yep. base on those days. Yeah. And then the DH spot is going to rotate between him, Kirky, and Jano on the days when, say, a Vladi or a Springer aren't there. And hopefully Springer mm-hmm. doesn't have to do it as much this year because he's going to be in right field now. And... I mean, confirmed. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. It's the outfield is Kiermaier in center, Varsho in left, and Springer in right, at least to start. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, hopefully that takes a little bit of wear and tear off of George. Doesn't cover as much ground, and it would be ideal. If I mean, you you would think he's going to come into the season fully healthy after the collision with Bo. I hope so. You would hope so, and we haven't heard anything to to suggest that he's not. um, so that's, that's probably going to be what it is. So Belt's going to be Flatty's backup. There'll be a left-handed bat off the bench when there's uh, like a tough righty in the game late. And they need to pull, like say, because we're going to have Jano, Witt, and Santiago Espinal near the bottom of the order on most days. So let's say there's a tough righty against one of those guys. Espinal is likely the guy he'll get pinch hit for the most. He's, I would say, is the least power, of course. Um, but I mean any of those three guys and really anybody late in the game and you know home run belts kind of your guy there Um, coming off of a a season where he was not healthy fully did not perform well but if you look back at his 2020 and 2021 numbers he had 29 homers in 2021 Patrick and a 975 OPS last year he only had a 676 OPS but again he was coming off of uh, just wasn't healthy the whole year had a down year. He says he's healthy now. He says he's yeah. expecting to return to his 2020 and 2021 performance, which would be amazing. Like it's a guy with a career 814 OPS and 175 home runs uh, over 12 seasons. He's got won two World Series championships. The kind of veteran pickup that looks like he'll be great in the clubhouse. He said he's a goofy guy, so all the people who thought that Don Mattingly was going to be, like, the signifier of the end of goofiness... No, I don't know if that's going to be true or not. You still have Vladdy on the team, so there'll be always be shenanigans. And I mean, okay. there's, there's a difference between shenanigans yeah. and and like uh, goofing around and having a good time. So, but yeah, I, I'm I'm curious to see what belt's going to bring. I, I like the veteran presence, I like the lefty bat. It really addressed a lot of needs that this team has.
0: Yeah, absolutely. A couple things though to get started. Remember when we ran through the list uh, last week? of all the outfielders i don't think we either of us mentioned brandon belt which is kind of funny
1: yeah we don't i don't know if anybody considers him an outfielder anymore though is the thing
0: well he would have been listed in that list that we went through oh yeah
1: i didn't even have the list open so that's on you maybe. i had it
0: open i don't know if we <laughs> mentioned him. <laughs> yeah i don't think uh, so yeah he kind of he's coming in from the top rope uh as far as surprises i go. didn't now, think he was
1: gonna leave san fran personally
0: I didn't think so either. Nonetheless, uh, one-year deal worth nine point three million dollars. That puts Toronto over the luxury cap.
1: We already were, but
0: we already were. But this firmly. really signifies <laughs> the team is willing to spend money, even on a player that will spend a decent amount of time on the bench. Um, I love this idea of having DH flexibility. Um,
1: yeah, it's really something did, the Jays have done well in recent years. Hey.
0: This is really interesting because the reason why he wouldn't have been on a lot of teams' radars was because of the knee. Yeah. Uh, He thought – he mentioned uh, during a press conference that he thought his knee was so blown that he was probably done. But then he got the knee surgery, Mm -hmm. and now he says he feels – as good as what he did when he was in 2020 and 2021 that I, I understand he's probably hyping himself up a lot and that's completely, that's fine. That's his fine. job. Yeah. <laughs> that's his job. That's what you're supposed to do. Uh, let's do just a quick little run uh, rundown of uh, what he was able to accomplish uh, last year, despite a severe injury hampering him. Uh, he's got, and this is what I want to highlight. He's got very good plate vision. Uh, oh, yeah. In that he will draw walks. He'll draw walks more than uh, almost every player on our team. Uh, at his peak in 2020, uh, even though it was a short season, we're still going to give him credit where credit is due. He walked close to 17% of the time. Now he's we've seen a downtick in that, uh down to about 12.6, 12.4%. That's about on. Uh, what uh, about what his career is a little bit above what his career average is um, but that's really strong uh we saw a dramatic uptick in his strikeout percentage the last two seasons up to about 27% uh that is about on the level of Teoscar if i'm not mistaken um something around there yeah uh he only hit 2.13 last year but he still had a 326 obp the slug, the power just wasn't there. The uh, When you got a knee injury like that, it's, it really hampers you. And uh, it was only 78 games. A WRC plus of 96. Really no value left as a defender. Uh, replacement level player uh, at this point in his career. But it wasn't that long ago that he was able to hit dingers. He had that great season 2021 where he hit 29, which w- would have been his career high. Uh, and that's at a park that is notorious for being uh, a pitcher park. Am I
1: correct? Yeah, especially for uh, lefties, like lefty yeah. batters. It's really bad for them because the, there's a deep, weird Kobe recess Co. in like right center field. Yeah, It's almost like the triangle at Fenway Park, but in more in right center. Yeah, uh, it's hard, and it's but wild. I mean,
0: I think this is a testament to Brandon Belt's power. It'll be very interesting to see him there in the uh, in the Rogers Center, mm-hmm. uh, seeing what he can do pulling balls to right field. I I don't know. I think I think he set himself up quite well for a renaissance season. One year uh, is very low risk low, what you know, medium reward for the Jays. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he, I mean, there's no way he won't perform better than Bradley Zimmer. He can't, can't run, but, but the thing is running means nothing. If you never get on base, like right. if your OBP is under a buck 50, it doesn't matter how good a runner you are. So I don't care if his knee is blown for good and he can't run at all he's got power and you know he'll he'll get extra base hits he'll pop home runs he won't be running around the bases like a lunatic but he offers us something that Bradley Zimmer and Jackie Bradley Jr were not able to offer us last year which is power depth so yeah there's a lot to like about this deal um
1: honestly in my opinion there's really nothing to hate
0: (laughs) no not at all if i guess if you want to call it a downside the one downside was in order to make room on the 40-man roster uh right-handed pitcher julian merriweather was designated for assignment
1: addition by subtraction
0: it is now official the cleveland guardians won the josh donaldson trade
1: yeah it wasn't already so we had to wait for this moment it's official
0: now we can put it in the record books um
1: it's okay patrick we'll we'll always have
0: that one weekend where he blew the yankees away yeah Yeah. april 2021 we'll always have yeah uh and he'll have that memory too um when he returns to new york uh when he's playing for the bisons (laughs) so (laughs) he's probably not gonna get claimed i don't think he has yet so interesting was he claimed am i wrong
1: i have no idea
0: julian merriweather i'm gonna do a quick
1: i'm not a julian i'm not i was never on the hype train so
0: (laughs) i i don't have a widget prepared okay Uh, so it's been two days he yeah he's at 31 this is this is not
1: it's not it for him somebody's gonna claim him or he'll pass through an elect free agency and get a mirely deal somewhere it's
0: yeah, yeah. Well, well no. You might not elect free agency. You might actually. Well, I,
1: I don't know. I think you would personally.
0: I don't know. We'll see. Yes, yeah, um,
1: but uh, overall,
0: I give this move a solid B plus. It's an, a dramatic improvement in the power. Uh, and bad capabilities of the bench, so yeah, he's basically a, a direct replacement in my mind for Zimmer and Jackie Bradley Jr. Who and like he's worth on, more
1: than both of them combined, almost. Uh, so. it,
0: I mean, their batting average—if you added them up—you'd get about a Brandon <laughs> yeah. Belt. But they—the difference um, is neither of those guys had power, well, as and Zimmer while they did, can run around can the bases contact. fast, and yeah. Jackie Bradley Jr. is the ninety-third percentile best jump in MLB, yeah, uh, in the outfield. Uh, that never scored us any runs. So no. um,
1: Yeah, I mean <laughs> it sounds like Brandon Bell's excited. I mean the the quote here. I, I got really excited about the thought of going to play for Toronto. Great roster, great young group of guys. They were a good baseball team last year and got better this off season. That's what yeah. gets me excited. So I mean he talked about how much he loves the chicken fingers at the Ritz Carlton. I mean you love to, to see there. it. Yeah, I mean and uh, you hear that all the time, and it's not, not just that, but, I mean, lots of players say how much they love Toronto and how uh, he actually talked to um, some former teammates of his and people who he knew from, like, the West Coast who moved out to Toronto. So definitely uh, a guy who kind of, I guess, did his research on, on Toronto and on the team, and he talked about how the Blue Jays made him feel like they were excited to have him on the team. And we hear that a lot in recent years in free agency of how uh, Kevin Gosman, George Springer, just how the Blue Jays really went above and beyond to not only sell them on the team itself, but on the city and the country and just the fact that they would become a part of this kind of uh, insane fan base that we have, you know? So it's it's definitely a testament to what – the players and the organization have built as a culture on the team is that people people want to come to toronto gone are the days of the scott boris proclaimed blue flu how the blue jays would never shell out for free agency now they do all the time you
0: notice how he hasn't said a word about that
1: no nah, he doesn't say Sit. shit anymore
0: not about the jays anyway yeah
1: he he ha- he just flubbed uh, carlos correa twice and then correa ended up back in minnesota so I mean, he's lost a lot of street cred, in my opinion. I wouldn't that say it's debacle. a lot. I th-
0: I think that a lot of that debacle was uh, the New York Mets fumbling it, but
1: I mean, the that's... Giants did the same thing. <laughs> so,
0: you know, well, yeah. I'm just saying the most recent one. Oh it's yeah, ridiculous! Yeah. I've never yeah. seen anything like that when it com- comes to a player. No, to have these major contracts fall apart. Fall apart because of uh, a bad way. Because of a management. lack of a, la- a lack of due diligence by the organization. yeah
1: um ross atkins said on brandon belt uh, the elite offensive skills and veteran presence of brandon is an addition that will greatly complement this team his consistency and experience on the game's biggest stages make him a great yeah. addition culturally and within our clubhouse we talked about it right two-time world series champion springer's a world series champion you gotta yeah. have guys on your team who have been to the dance multiple times especially like just just playoff experience in belt as a a crucial piece that this team needs to have you know
0: yeah these are the types of acquisitions that you see teams preparing to make a deep run do yeah. in all major sports
1: it's those one-year deals for veteran players who can help you win now
0: yeah so yeah let's move on from this I this next uh, trade this was a trade that happened yep this is kind of sexy a trade yeah. with the Pittsburgh Pirates
1: yeah, for, for Brian Reynolds, right?
0: No. Oh. Uh, we acquired right-handed pitcher Zach Thompson from the Pittsburgh Pirates in exchange for outfielder Chavez Young. Uh, and to make room, of course, right-handed uh, pitcher that we hyped up last week. Super hyped. Uh, junior Fernandez was designated for assignment. so the Junior, The Junior Fernandez saga is over. Put him on
1: the level of excellence. Zach
0: – oh, gosh. Uh, Zach Thompson, now uh, a member of the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, what's your what's your response to this? How do you feel?
1: It's it's organizational depth. So you get rid of a guy in Fernandez yeah. who didn't have any minor, minor league options for a guy in Thompson who does. Uh, Thompson's a spinner starter. Obviously, he was designated for assignment by the Pirates. He's 29, so I mean, don't expect this guy to... Don't expect this guy to pitch for the Blue Jays at all this year. He's going to go to Buffalo. He's going to be starting rotation depth, a guy who will pitch only in case of like multiple injuries to the rotation or some like weird doubleheader scenario like we saw with Casey Lawrence last year. Yeah, um, but he's
0: not—he's not so bad. No, that him coming up in pitching for us would be a disaster. Uh, it and, wouldn't
1: be ideal, but yeah, like you, it wouldn't be just like you're throwing a game away.
0: Okay, to be fair, he pitched on two terrible teams the last 2 years, the Marlins and then Pittsburgh's. I can't you can't really fault him for yeah. being on bad teams.
1: I mean if, No. <laughs> you no. can't. I mean you, you can fault him for his stuff and what he brings well, to the table and then that Let's get into good. it then. Here it I mean.
0: is. Uh, 2021, he had an ERA of 3.24, FIP of 3.69, finished with 1.3 F war. Pretty good. Home run per fly ball was below, let me finish, uh, home run per fly, fly ball was below league average, uh, his BBs per nine were only 3.36. Now this was as a starter or a mix of as a starter and a reliever. He did 75 innings in Miami. Pretty good. Mm -hmm. The wheels kind of fell off last year when he was uh, mainly a starter for Pittsburgh, who were just hopeless to begin with. Yeah, We saw the strikes come down, the walks uh, increased slightly, but the home runs per nine doubled. Home run per fly ball doubled. ERA practically doubled to 5.18. His FIP was still 4.87, which is not completely disgusting, but it's still not great. Positive uh, F-War player, Uh, from his 121 innings. What I would say about him, based exclusively on these numbers, is that he is a serviceable uh, replacement-level pitcher who can dig us out of having to have an untrusted pitcher throw innings in the event of multiple injuries. Because I would imagine he is call-up number two, if not one
1: thoughts yeah and we'll talk about that in a second when we get into the roster projections but i i think he's second fiddle right now in terms of call up he's six seven like he's a big dude
0: Assu- let's assume that mitch white is on the 26 man i think i'm he's not called- assuming that <laughs> okay so you think he's number two behind mitch white yes okay interesting all right we'll talk about a little bit more about that later
1: um i uh, want to talk about this guy a little bit more though because i mean yeah you can really see like obviously the like the era and the fip and everything looked terrible in 2022 but it's also the fact that he just started getting clobbered like if you look at his savant page in 2021 he was he had some red numbers like he was in the top uh like he was 76 percentile and average exit velocity 80 second and hard hit percentage 2022 those those numbers fell to like uh 55th in average exit below and then 31st in hard hit rate so i mean this guy just started getting clobbered he was very near the bottom and expected batting average against so guys are just guys are just hitting rockets against him
0: for a guy that's six foot seven 250 his extension being in the bottom half yeah, of the league is it, mind-boggling
1: it's 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 interesting too because the, his extension went from the 50th percentile in 2021 down to 37th so Obviously, something in his delivery changed a little bit from his time in Miami to his time in Pittsburgh. And, I mean, you, you would think that maybe we'll see what, the, what kind of tweaks he comes into spring training with. Um, all of his velos <laughs> Chris are Black, below league average. Chris Black, who is becoming like a Blue Jays Twitter celebrity, one of the producers at Sportsnet, he always posts all these deep dive threads on Twitter. He yeah. did one on Zach Thompson. And this guy just throws his cutter over the middle of the plate just, like, way too much. And know how I mean, that's a good way cutters, to
0: right? give up a 450-foot yeah. home run. Yeah, so, I mean,
1: it's, it's, it's really – it's got to be something mechanical with him. And, I mean, I don't feel like the Blue Jays would trade for a guy that they think that they can't fix, you know? Do you so. want to know
0: the difference between his seasons last year – or 2021 and 2022?
1: Tell
0: me. His cutter so. run value in 2021 was negative 12. His cutter run value in 2022 – Positive six. Yeah. So. His cutter just became a meatball. Yeah. Uh, and while his four-seamer actually improved in 2022, uh, the rest of his stuff, negligible amount of change. He started throwing his sinker a lot more. That could be interesting. We have a lot of really good quality sinker throwers here in toronto Mm -hmm. there's something to get from that his curveball has always been eh uh the four seamer eh it was really bad in miami but it got better in pittsburgh and then obviously dramatic his cutter went from being his best pitch to his worst pitch
1: yeah i mean he'll he'll be he'll get lots of time to work on that in buffalo
0: yes I personally don't think, like, I I, I think he'll work with Pete uh, and he'll work with some of these other guys on the roster who have similar pitches, and he might be something. uh, I'm not saying he's going to set the world on fire. He's definitely organizational depth, but he might be a guy that, you know, when an injury occurs, he might be a guy we lean on a little bit. I don't expect he'll throw more than fifty innings for us. If he if he does, that's something has happened. Somebody's getting a Tommy John surgery.
1: Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be bad news bears if he's pitching a lot for us. But uh, let's let's look at the twenty six man roster. Uh, there's very, I would say not not that there's little room for improvement, but there's likely little left that this front office is going to do before spring training. The only thing that could happen is maybe a fourth outfielder signs um, and maybe some more bullpen depth or starting rotation depth similar to Zach Thompson just to kind of give them more options in the minor leagues in case of injury. Yeah. But f- from what we'll, s- we'll talk about here, I think this, this roster is pretty much, I'd say, ready to start the season anyway. Um, looking at the rotation – your top four starters are locked in. You've got Alec Manoa, Kevin Gosman, Chris Bassett, New Acquisition, and Jose Barrios. Then your fifth or fifth spot is the incumbent is Yusuke Kikuchi. Mitch White and him are likely the two guys who will battle for that. I wouldn't even put Zach Thompson in that realm of battling for this fifth spot, just based on his last year. He'd have to come into spring training and throw like shutout innings every time he's out there, I think, to even like work his way into the conversation. Are we both in agreement that it's probably Kikuchi's job to lose? To start the year? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Sure. I mean, he's the only lefty in there right now. So that's a thing. I mean, teams can... You can win games without lefty starters, but it's nice to have one in there. Um, Minor leagues and depth. So Mitch White's either going to be in the bullpen as the long man, or he's going to be in Buffalo. I'm of the opinion that he should be in Buffalo to stay stretched out every fifth day as a starter. And they should line him up primarily on Yusek Kikuchi's days if they can in the minor leagues. So that if something does happen and they need to bring him up, that way he's on good rest, can slot into that spot in the rotation as much as possible. Um, Zach Thompson, newly acquired of course, will be there for minor league depth. And then Thomas Hatch, Casey Lawrence, who was released by the team but then like off the 40-man roster dfa and then also he re-signed a minor league deal with the blue jays so he'll be back in spring training again and then uh Ver zulueta who will come into spring training on like a very outside shot of making the opening day roster as maybe a reliever at best but he'll likely start in buffalo as well if they plan on keeping him as a starting pitcher anything you want to add about the rotation
0: i'm interested about the order of the rotation i know it's not i mean the way that I set it up is like the in the in in our our notes here is, is pretty like pink by numbers.
1: Yeah, I I can see Gosman starting opening day. It's likely gonna be it be Gosman versus Adam Wainwright most likely because they playing the Cardinals to start. Mm. Could be Adam Wainwright for the Cardinals. I'm not sure who else is even the rotation anymore. Miles McOllis, I guess, is still over there.
0: Yeah, whatever. Uh, Um, I think that Alec Manoa is the first day starter. Interesting. Um, But from two to four is very interesting. Yeah, Uh, i I think it's fair for us to, as fans, uh, feel like trust has been lost with Jose Barrios. However, I'm not ready. He's not. He doesn't magically become a terrible pitcher now in till time eternal the the <laughs> same way that other non-j uh, fan bases believe
1: yeah
0: um whatever go yeah. mine whatever stats you want to try to make your points barrios is still a good pitcher and i'm not sure if he slots in at number four or not he does well
1: i can TBD. see Ass following gosman for sure i think uh that that three four though, I mean Brios or Bassett, I'm happy with whoever they line it up. Like yeah, it's that's good. Just, but it's just semantics at that point. The thing
0: is, it sucks. It kind of sucks to have Kikuchi at the tail end of it. You always want your lefty.
1: Yeah, I don't think it matters anymore. It's 2023. Uh,
0: well, okay, fine. You're gonna see Kikuchi uh, no. at, the, at the bottom because you uh, you want
1: to you want to put him a day before a guy like a Manoa or a Gosman, because those are the two guys in your rotation that you're relatively confident can give you six or seven innings the next day. So you wanna you yeah. wanna piggyback a coochie with a guy behind him who will likely give you depth.
0: Remember the days where we were able to alternate lefty and righty like multiple times in our rotation and now I mean it's yeah just...
1: if if Ryu doesn't blow his elbow out then that's likely still the then case. We do,
0: yeah. so. Uh Ryu has stated he is hoping for a July return.
1: That's very ambitious.
0: It's very ambitious. That being said, where awesome. would you fit him into the 26-man roster? Uh, I mean, in the long term.
1: He, even just onto the 40-man, you would just DFA anybody. Like he, technically, he's on the 40-man right now because that's the off-season. So once spring training begins, I'll be able to move him back to the 60-day and then bring somebody else onto the 40-man. So watch for that move once spring training starts. Yeah. But I mean, I, I think what, if he if he comes back after a rehab assignment and is pitching well throughout the rehab assignment, he just goes in Kikuchi's spot and stays there, IMO. so yeah, I would move well, Kikuchi then to the bullpen. We saw him have some success in September there last year. His, he was top five in strikeout rate right out of the bullpen in that month. So, I mean, it's... I'd say down the stretch,
0: there are two of them are more likely to compete against one another. But again, yeah. who fucking knows? It really depends injuries on...
1: Yeah. Yeah. It depends on what and how long Ryu's rehab uh, assignment goes. Like how much they try to build him up. If they build him up for three, four innings, then him and Kikuchi could be guys who piggyback games. You know. Ooh. Yep.
0: It's worth noting that this yeah. is the final year of the Ryu contract. So no matter what, this is. It's the likely fl- goodbye final. unless he comes back it and sets the world goodbye. on
1: fire and they give him a one-year deal until he doesn't isn't good anymore. But I wouldn't count on that um bullpen now we know the back end is going to be romano swanson Mesa, bass those kind of the four guys jimmy garcia is another guy who pitched a lot of eight innings for toronto last year those guys i would say are like your seven through nine in some way shape or form
0: simber will also be there
1: yeah simber simber's gonna move more to middle relief now I i would i wouldn't put him more in the he's gonna be in the middle innings now him and zach pop are likely guys who will be middle innings guys I wouldn't even say Zach pops a lock to make the roster just because of the fact that he has options. That's the only reason I say that. Uh, Mitch White is, like we said, he's either going to be in the bullpen or maybe the rotation if Kikuchi somehow flubs everything in spring training but likely okay. for me I stay triple A still for for Mitch So White. P-
0: the problem with that is that Mitch White does not have options anymore which means that if yeah. he goes down to Buffalo he's got to pass through it, waivers. He's got to pass through waivers. Do you think Mitch White would clear waivers? Cuz I don't.
1: <laughs> yeah, but do we care enough about him to keep him around? Like is he a guy that No. Not, yeah. It's if I like, was
0: honest with you, I'd rather Matt Gage in the I would uh, I would the,
1: rather Trevor Richards in the bullpen cuz he can actually strike guys out. That's my yeah, opinion but he
0: about. loves giving up home runs. Yeah, it, it is That's what his favorite they, thing to do.
1: <laughs> yeah, I see. See, I I still would rather have a guy who can strike people out in the bullpen, like Mitch White. Even if he gives up a home run every. Mitch inning. White's strikeout rate last year is seven per nine, and Richards was eleven and a half. And I, I mean, get it, Patrick. Like. I understand that you somehow hate Trevor Richards just because he gave up he gave up less than the home runs than league average last year. Like It was actually his lowest, second lowest of the The
0: timing career. of his home runs was yeah. unbelievably poor. Go look There's at no his game There's no good time to give up a logs. home run.
1: Let's just agree on that.
0: <laughs> well, there were plenty of games I remember losing specifically because Trevor Richards gave up a home run.
1: How many games did the team lose because they didn't have better options than Trevor Richards, too, though? A lot. <laughs> well so, like
0: we have better options than a Trevor poor, Richards. A poor work That's work why he's not in teams. my bullpen list.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I I, I feel like he's the guy who he had the most strikeouts out of the bullpen in, on the team last year. It's tough to give up on that. Mm, like for me I don't think it's that hard. For right. me, I'd rather him over Mitch White any day.
0: I don't disagree with you. I'm just saying Mitch White is out of options.
1: So is Trevor Richards. Who yeah, I'm have? fine
0: with honestly, I'm fine <laughs> with losing both.
1: If, I there's, if there's a better you. option out there than one of them, then sure. Well, but I think don't think there is. There is internally a better internally option, option than him. No.
0: I think Matt Gage is a better no, option.
1: I think people put way too much stock into Matt Gage. I, I like him. I, I It's nice to have another lefty. But I don't think his underlying numbers are as good as, as what we saw last year. Um, the walks are too high for me. Like, Four per nine innings, and he doesn't strike. He only strikes. That's out in 13 innings pitched. I man. know, but look in like look even look in the minors. Like you're giving up three and a half in the minor leagues. You're always going to walk more in the big league because the umpires are better. So I mean, for me, the the walks are too high. The home run numbers are great. Don't get me wrong. The ground balls are nice, but I just think like he he outperformed by a lot last year. Like a 138 ERA with a 4.13 xFIP in the big leagues. I mean,
0: I'm, I'm looking more at his triple A numbers than I am. His, yeah. His and even so,
1: numbers. I, there's, uh, I still, the numbers from triple A to the big leagues are always going to, they're going to get worse. It's just the way the world works because yes. the competition is, is incredibly different. Right. But I mean, just like, I, I, I like, I like, I like Matt Gage a lot. I hope he's in the, I think I hope he's in the organization still, but I just don't, see him as an opening day roster guy. He's he's a guy who is one of the one of the first guys up whenever there's a need for it. The bad thing is is yeah yes Tim is the only lefty right in there right now. It'd be great to have a second one, but I don't know if he's good enough to knock the guys ahead of him on the depth chart out of those spots. He'd have to have a great spring training to convince me. That's how Fair. I feel about it. I fair. just feel like there are better options than like you can have him in the in there but would he be there on merit or because he's a lefty? You know? Like that's how yeah. I feel about it. He's got Okay, fair. That that's fair. Him.
0: Let's talk about I'm I'm telling you I don't want to fight with you tonight but I am going to bring up Trent Thornton.
1: Yeah, um, I'm just I don't know. I No,
0: listen, you're going to listen. <laughs> Trent Thornton uh improved and you have to give him credit the strikeout numbers did come down the walk the walk numbers came very slightly up the home run per nine dropped almost a whole by one whole home run so his home run per fly ball dropped down below league average um, you know what he changed fi- he, threw his, fi-
1: he threw his slider a lot more last year which was a good pitch yes. for him. so
0: that being said, I'm not saying that uh, that Butters is magically like fixed. He's not he's he he is who we always thought he was. <laughs> it's yeah. just the thing is he gives us something that we need which is one or two innings at a time.
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh
0: it's... I there's value there. I just I, he's gonna be a guy who probably gets call-ups.
1: Yeah. The only thing is, like,
0: he's got one MILB option left.
1: Yeah, so this will be his last year of options for sure. But like, how how valuable are those multiple innings when they're not good? Like for me, him and Mitch White are like I, I put them in a very similar category where you're just not quite sure what you're going to get on any given day.
0: I would put Butter's credibility above Mitch White, Matt Gage, and Nate Pearson at this point.
1: Yeah, Mitch White as a Blue Jay last year. He, Mitch White as a Dodger was very good last year.
0: Except we are the Toronto Blue Jays. Yes, and
1: yes. I, I, that's exactly, I, I agree with you. I'm just pointing out that, like, if we're going to cherry pick stats, we can cherry pick his, his Dodger numbers, and they're much better than his Blue Jay numbers were um but even well just, i'm happy i'm happy looking, for
0: the, the the los angeles dodgers even just looking at it though like but, if,
1: we, if we just look at his blue jay numbers so mitch white in 43 with the blue jays let's disregard the 774 era because his, his FIP was 468 his FIP why was, are we just dis- i'm just saying i'm just i'm just using it in okay. this example trent thornton's right. xfip was only 448 barely better and i mean mitch white but was better still, mitch white was still worth 0.6 war as a blue jay Trent Thornton was a negative 0.1 last year. So, I mean, you tell me which one. And, and Trent Thornton threw three more innings for the Blue Jays. So, you tell me which guy was more valuable. Like, it's a wash to me. I'm not going to. It's butter. It's butters, but yeah, whatever. I still don't think it is. Like, I just, fine. don't. I think we're, we're arguing over two guys who aren't even going to be on the 26th match. <laughs> <after>. <laughs> and I, well, I here's just, the
0: thing. What it what it ultimately comes down to, Justin, is there is one spot in the bullpen that is going to be open unless something disastrous happens to Zach Pop, Jimmy yeah. Garcia, Adam Simber, Anthony Bass, Eric Swanson, Tim Mason, Jordan Romano. There's one spot, and then you've got Mitch White, Trevor Richards, Butters, Matt Gage, and Nate Pearson, and probably yeah. Jasper Zulueta, perhaps uh, competing.
1: Uh, it really depends on if they want to keep Zulueta as a starter or not for one more year. I would Here's like the other to thing. see him start for one more year. No, there's one other uh,
0: caterpillar in our buttermilk uh and that is the uh roster invitations yeah that went out i'm not saying these guys are (laughs) are gonna light the world on fire but jay jackson got an invite uh some of these guys we've recently dfa'd will probably get an invite drew hutchinson got an invite julian fernandez got an invite uh paul fry got an invite so we don't have to like hack through every single one of these guys. I'm not interested in doing that. I'm saying they're really building everything up to like you. whoever gets that final spot is going to have earned it. So it'll be interesting to see the competition. I think you're right about Mitch White. I think he wherever he goes, he's going to be a starter, and it's going to be AAA if we lose him for nothing. We who cares? You stole Zach Pop from that trade. Yeah, I mean, um, it's
1: it's like, yeah, it, it's the bullpen is is going to be better than last year. Like it already is. Yeah, bringing in Swanson is a huge, a huge move.
0: Well, a full year of Anthony Bass. As yeah, well. full year
1: of Bass again. Um, yeah, you you know you know you've got two guys in Bass and Romano with a lot of closing experience now. And We're then, fine. Yeah, yeah, you're fine. Like, if one of those guys gets hurt, like, that's still the other guy. I mean, you hope that can stay healthy because, yeah, he's probably your only lefty, with Matt Gauge being your only lefty depth, really. Which, no. that's a little scary for me. Yeah, it's is not the lack a deal. of lefty depth because it still isn't. Like, lefties are important. Like, most in most cases, lefties are better against lefties. There's very few left-handed yes. hitters who hit left-handed pitching better than right-handed pitching. It's just okay.
0: Are you? Are you yeah. ready for one more thing? And it's the Nate Pearson of it all.
1: Yeah, the Nate Pearson of it all. Oh my God. Here's the it's... here's the
0: thing. It's kind of at this point, it's almost annoying to talk about him because we're still like, is he gonna be something? And if he is, where does he fit into this? It, it's just it's it's frustrating because like we thought we had high hopes for him as a starter, and then he got hurt he got sick, then he got hurt, then he got sick, then he got hurt. Yeah. And here we are, it's 2023, and uh, Nate Pearson's uh, career numbers are 33 innings pitched. Yeah. The fuck? It sucks.
1: Yeah, it's it's like... But I don't
0: want to give up on him either.
1: No, he's in the same category for me as Julian Merriweather. Tons of promise. Whoa. Oh just hasn't lived up to it and you can't expect either one of those guys to contribute until they no. do. It's like it's one of those things where it's it's a bonus if they do and you've honestly lost nothing if they don't at this point. Yeah. Because they've they've never they've never really gotten a glimmer of hope from Nate Pearson for more than like two days before something happens to him like being <laughs> mono or yeah, the monkey's paw or,
0: curls and he, Yeah, he's going to end up happens.
1: getting like a ringworm or some shit from Fernando Tatis Jr. or some shit. I don't know. Yeah, like, something crazy. All right, so yeah. as
0: far as what we project that bullpen spot to be, I'll tell you now. It's not going to be Thomas Hatch. It's not going to be Zach Thompson. No, it's not going to be no. Mitch White. won't be Casey <laughs> it's Lawrence. It's going to be a reliever. <laughs> so it's going to be, and this is the order in which I think our, uh, is most likely, Trevor Richards, Trent Thornton, Matt Gage, Nate Pearson. And if it's if Zulueta, if he is indeed going to be, uh, you know, pushed into uh, 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 the bullpen, he would be behind Trevor Richards on my list.
1: Yeah, I, I I would agree with that. I have no no gripes with that.
0: Okay, let's move on because yeah. we got still have the lineup let's in the bench the to talk about.
1: This the lineup's a little bit easier. Like we're not going to get into the order of the lineup right now, really.
0: Yes. Yeah,
1: Um, it's likely that Springer's going to lead off, but we'll just go... So, left field is Dalton Varsho. Center field is Kevin Kiermaier. Right field is George Springer. You got Chappie at third base. You've got Bo at short. You've got Espinal, Biggio, Maryfield, Platoon at second base. You've got Guerrero and Belt at first. And then you've got your all-star, Alejandro Kirk, and the greatest player of all time, Danny Jansen, behind the plate. Um... Really, I mean, Merrifield and Biggio are going to play second base, outfield. Biggio is going to maybe play first base sometimes. Unlikely to play first base as much, not they have belt. So, I mean, Merrifield is super valuable because he's a guy who can play in center field. He can play in the right field. He can play anywhere in the outfield, really, and he can play second base for you. Biggio is a guy who can play second base, first base, and corner outfield and is a lefty. So, I mean, you've got two guys there. Both of them are capable of stealing bases. Merrifield's more of a contact guy. Even though he wasn't in Toronto, he was more of a power guy in Toronto. But we'll see how he does in the full season. I'm really curious. He's a guy I really want to watch this year. But, I mean, you're you're pretty stable. You've got Espinol, Merrifield, and Biggio are going to tune a lot at second. i will spell Bo maybe occasionally at shortstop and Chappie occasionally at third base. I expect Chappie and Bo to be the two guys who likely play their position basically every day, and even Varsho likely to play most games in, at left field. Those are kind of three guys I expect to not really be rotated through the DH spot or on the bench at all. Um,
0: I'm about to say something I yeah. never thought I would say. What's that? Between Santiago Espinal and Kevin I don't think we need both.
1: Uh, One of them is
0: extremely uh, disposable.
1: That's a lot of people have been saying on Twitter and on Reddit. And more people seem to be open to trading Espinal just because of the fact that he's right-handed. Uh, he has
0: significantly more value than Kevin Biggio does. That's Kevin also Biggio. a thing. Yeah. Now, yeah. Espinal had a, a, a tough
1: second, second half,
0: half <laughs> of the year uh basically all of his value as a player was in the first half yeah, of the year but awesome that helped Rick. get us into the playoffs
1: yeah for sure it did
0: Kavin, on the other hand his batting average dropped another 20 points uh this past year with the obp staying as high as it's it's been in the slug again a slight decline He's there for defensive value. Yeah, again, but like time the time strikeouts the strikeouts are just insane at this yeah, point.
1: There's there's gotta be more there's gotta be improvement from him this year or like like his time is nearing the end.
0: I personally think that Kevin Biggio might be the the guy that gets dealt over the two of them. I think they'd rather keep Espinal because his defense is
1: It's good. It's really good. is
0: really good. It's just such a shame because I like Kevin, and I've argued many, many times he is indeed worth a roster spot. The thing is, we have so much depth now at that spot. I know Whit Merrifield, like, he's not going to light the world on fire in certain aspects of his game, but that's why he has Santiago Espinal. Yeah. I don't know, man. I'm just – I'm very conflicted. Like, a (laughs) three-player platoon is weird. Regardless. Where's our lefty? We need another lefty, so –
1: so regardless, I'm the bench is better than it was last year. Like you're not gonna have a Zimmer, you're not gonna have a JBJ. Like you've got <laughs> Jano on days when he's not catching or DHing, and Kirk the same. Um, yeah. You got Merrifield and Biggio. I still think Merrifield starts at second base over Espinal personally.
0: Oh man, that is wild to think after last year. But I don't, I I don't, don't think th-
1: it is at all. I think uh, I, I think the fact that Espinal couldn't put it together for a full season shows and, and doesn't it doesn't have much outside of like a, he hits line drives pretty well like we'll give him that but he doesn't have the speed of merrifield he, no, he doesn't have the power yeah. of merrifield so i mean i think merrifield is just a step ahead of, of espinal still in terms of are you ready value on their are, you, roster.
0: are you ready to talk about danny jansen because this is another issue now that they've signed uh, a guy who's expected to dh a lot all of a sudden, you look at Danny Jansen's slash uh, last year. It, was this an anomaly? Because he's actually, by the numbers, he has improved since 2020 when he basically bottomed out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I,
1: it's unfair to expect that he does the same thing he did last year because that was.
0: I don't know, man. I don't think it's impossible. It's not
1: impossible, but it's it's. I wouldn't expect it is, what, is all I'm saying. For
0: 250 plate appearances, he was extremely valuable. Yeah, extremely. Uh, um, and then defensively, positive value. He had 2.6 war in yeah. 72 games. That's fucking yeah. crazy. They've talked about a, how. He'd be a starting catcher on at least yeah. 20 other teams.
1: It's highly likely that, well, Kirk's going to catch Manoa. We know that. That's yep. They've got a good relationship. Um, the underlying numbers show that Dan- Jano Jan- 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 oh, should catch Gosman. In the games that Jano oh, caught Gosman, Gosman struck out way more batters and just had better numbers overall. So I wouldn't be surprised if those two guys are together. Bassett, I would I would put him with, with Kirky because he throws a lot of low balls. Um, yeah,
0: Kirk's not great in the high I, part of the zone.
1: No, Jano, and Jano is, and I would put Jano with Gosman too because of the splitters in the dirt. I still think Jano is a better blocker than Kirk, even though Kirk did, they both did a phenomenal job last year. Like the Jays had the best like, defensive catching duo in terms of like avoiding The best balls. offensive
0: catching duo as yeah, well. Yeah,
1: like they had just a very good all-around catching catching last year, even from Collins in limited time, as well as Moreno. <laughs> like guys who play good defensive catcher. Where's like that ball?
0: What's he up to these days? I don't
1: know. He's probably posting W's on Twitter, though. That's my man right there. But uh, I would put Bassett with with, uh, with Kirk and Manoa with Kirk. Gosman I'd put with Jano. I would put Kikuchi with Jano because he's going to throw a lot more fastballs up. He doesn't throw like he doesn't really. He has a split change, but he doesn't throw it that often. And then Barrios is kind of a guy who could be caught by anybody until you maybe find something that like a matchup that's working for them. So that, that's it's split two and two with Barrios kind of being the toss-up. And honestly, it probably mm. goes to Jano and Kirk DHs on that day. Because I think you want, um, you would love to have Kirk catch two out of five and then DH at least two out of five. And have Jano catch three out of five and maybe not DH at all.
0: But where are Belt's PAs going to be?
1: Belt's PAs are going to be on the days where Kirk is catching. Because I, thi- I don't know if Danny Jansen gets much DH time. I think Belt's going to get those DH days when Kirk is catching. If it's, a r- if it's a ready on the mound, especially. I think if it's a lefty, that's where you'll see Jano DH. Mm. But anytime there's a righty on the mound and Kirk is catching, I think Belt is the DH, unless he's playing first base and Vladdy's DHing that day. I think that's, like, you're going to see Jano in there against lefties as a DH, but I don't know, don't know if you'll ever see him in there against righties, personally um belt actually is a better low ball hitter though too and generally hits the high ball better so they're gonna they're gonna pick and choose that's the thing about having the fluid dh right is that you can play matchups then like the good thing is is about i mean uh, you have a show who's basically he's he's your third catcher too but also is your everyday left fielder so i mean you've got this great flexibility in your in your lineup where it's not inconceivable that you could have all three of kirk Jano and Varsho in a game to start and maybe Jano is the DH and he stays as DH the whole game and Varsho rotates into catcher and somebody else goes up the left field at some point like it's not inconceivable it's not going to happen often but it's 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 always it's a it's a flexibility option that is incredible to have when you have such a great defensive outfielder in Varsho who is just happens to be a catcher too you know like the the way this team got better this season, this offseason was on defense and in flexibility. So, I don't know. I think I think you're going to see plenty of at-bats for Brandon Belt. It's going to be a really good rotation between, I think, mainly those three, Kirk, Belt, and then Jano on lefty pitcher days for that DH spot. Well,
0: the, again, that begs the question of where some of these guys are going to get their PAs.
1: And, 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 like, the second base spot... That's gonna be a matchup game as well too. Like if there's ever, um, I would say more of a a non-strike thrower, I think those are days you might see a Biggio in there because he does have the best eye out of Espinol Maryfield, and Espinal. He also has the and, highest and strikeout and rate though too. Yeah, but I mean he's also gonna he's gonna see a lot of pitches, which is valuable to the, li- the lineup. I think he'll get in there on some days. Um, yeah. He'll he'll get into right field on occasion if Springer needs a day off. Or DHing kind of thing, like th- I think there's still plenty of playing time to go around. You're just not going to see Espinal, Merrifield, or biggio likely get 600 plate appearances. I think the guy who's most likely to do that is Merrifield. Um, he won't get 600. Plate but so I don't think he will unless, again, unless somebody gets hurt, unless uh, a Varsho or uh, Springer gets hurt. Or a Kiermaier and Springer's got to play more center field or Merrifield's got to play center field, whatever it is. Do you
0: think Kiermaier is a lock for 600 PAs? No.
1: I, 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 Then who
0: is Biggio in the outfield
1: then? No, Merrifield. Merrifield can play center or Springer can play center. I would put Merrifield out there before Biggio because he's got more experience. Okay, I take back
0: what I said then. I feel like because of that, someone has to play second base. So it's got to be... If 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 we're talking about... The, see, we have so much yeah, see, flexibility. And Kier,
1: Kiermaier's never had 600 at-bats in his career, or play appearances in his career. The most he's had is 535, and that was in his second full season. He kind of averages around, like, the 420-ish mark, I would say. <laughs> so, I mean, the most games he's played in is 151. That was that one year. And then everywhere else, he's been 105, 129, 122. Uh, twenty twenty, he played in forty nine out of the sixty. So I mean, he's a guy who's gonna get four hundred to four hundred and fifty PA's if healthy the full season. Yeah, so we're I gonna mean, see a lot more that's with
0: Maryfield, Neofield than I. Yeah, that's what I'm
1: saying. Like, uh, there's I don't I don't have any worry about Espinal, Biggio, and Maryfield getting their appearances in because Kiermaier is not gonna be an everyday center field. He'll be a centerfielder, everyday center fielder when he's in the lineup, but he's not playing every day. So And he's, he's also a lefty, right? And Merrifield's a righty. So, I mean, if you've got a tough lefty starter on the mound, that's when you're going to see a guy like Merrifield go out there because your primary left fielder in Varsho is a lefty. Yeah, this so, this is
0: a lot of responsibility to put on Kevin Biggio. I don't think So, <laughs> I understand why there is still discussion uh, out there. Chatter, if you will. I hate yeah. that word. But uh, <laughs> talk uh, on social media about the Jays pursuing a lefty or someone who can mash lefties, mm-hmm. but I don't know who exactly is left out I there. Last that's week,
1: Robbie Grossman.
0: Okay. But then Kevin, where does Kevin Biggio go?
1: <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> See, he doesn't that's, just go home.
0: The... He's just like, what, what well, is his role? If, 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 if he's fourth, not on the team, the
1: fourth bench spot is, would be for Robbie Grossman. Like Nathan Lucas, we have him, in there but i mean it could be nathan lucas it could be addison barger it could be spencer Horwitz, it could be Otto lopez like that 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 fourth bench spot and the last bullpen spot those are the two battles in spring train that's it nowhere on the roster is there a battle those are the only two 24 to the 26 spots are spoken for and is at least so maybe outside of kikuchi 23 of the spots <laughs> if we don't include kikuchi are like locks at this point I would say.
0: Yeah. But I feel like if... I don't want to go I still so far think as to say Kikuchi's not time. a lock. I think I, he is a lock. Yeah, there is a, a lo- ton a of playing player. time. It's just, what are we doing? We still need that left-handed bat. And maybe it is Lucas. It might I don't be know. Lucas.
1: It could be Addison Barger as well. I believe he also hits left-handed I'm could not, be yeah.
0: nobody it could be just those guys and there isn't yeah, like I mean, they're not going to pay money to get anyone else i you, think you look done. at it
1: though too and like your, your left-handed bats are varsho kiermeier biggio right now those are your lefties that's still upgrades on what they had last year dramatic yeah because varsho is greater than both zimmer and jbj and kiermeier i would put him above them too so I mean, it's like you've you've knocked out your two weakest lefties and replaced them with guys who are going to start for you now and, and deserve say, to start. Yeah,
0: we can say this for sure about this lineup and the bench is that it is still one of the most dangerous in the league. I would argue it is still top five most dangerous lineups.
1: Yeah. They were I second in think WRC Plus last year.
0: They have significantly less power, a notable amount of uh, drop in power, but what we lose in power and probably a small amount in runs, defensively this team is
1: so oh. far ahead yeah
0: of what it was last year that all those tight games that we ended up losing losing like 10 to nine, 10 to eight mm-hmm. I I think this is a I think the the DNA of this team is still very similar. But there, it's not all or nothing with uh, the home run anymore. And I still think we're going to hit a shit ton of oh, home yeah. runs. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah. It's still there. Yeah, you brought in a guy in Varsho who had 27 and a guy in Bell too, like we said, at 29 two years ago. So, Given the <laughs> negotiating window
0: for both Vladdy and Bo, I would bet my bottom dollar that both of them are going to be very very serious MVP mm-hmm. candidates this year. I said that last year for Bow and I was super wrong. But then at I mean, the end, you, but you saved really,
1: it. I mean, he almost saved it. And I think September Bow is the real Bow. Maybe not the shit that, out of Maybe me, not quite at that level. But like yeah. somewhere near it. <laughs> and Vladdy wasn't wasn't his usual self for the most of the season last year. Like we saw it in spurts, but he was not twenty twenty one. So many
0: Vladdy. strikeouts that were outside the zone yeah. that and, were getting and called. And I think.
1: I I think that he's gonna work on that. So the thing that is, those guys off. are still young, yeah. and, and I mean Alejandro Kirk's younger than both of them, which is crazy. So I mean, yeah, this this yeah. lineup is deadly. Um. Yeah, I'm I'm the Blue Jays tweeted out Patrick. Uh, spring training is gonna start. Uh, I believe February 16th is the first workout for the Blue Jays it's a month away and pitchers and that'll be for pitchers and catchers and i believe players who are going to be playing in the wbc the world baseball classic uh those players are going to arrive uh three days earlier or something like that i had to keegan matheson tweeted something about it i'm just gonna look it up right now while we're here
0: well while you're doing that the last thing that i'll say about this is it's kind of interesting Uh, where we're we're talking about having this uh, last spot possibly go to an outfielder, and then possibly also, uh, is it time for Otto Lopez to just stay up with the twenty-six man? This is his Uh, chance. He's been bouncing up and down for many years, and I'm not saying that that's bad for a player's development. He's 24. He's seen everything he needs to see in the minor leagues to succeed. Yeah. Yeah. He was, uh, he only had 10 PAs last year with the Jays. He had three runs batted in, 667 batting average in those 10 PAs. I don't know how that's calculable, but anyway, um, I, I, I want to see what Otto was made of. I thought he had a fantastic season last year in A. um, He's got wheels, man. I yeah. just, I want to see what he can do. And he's another just, utility guy. <laughs> but but again, he offers up, like, he's, I know he's a right-handed bat. He's a shortstop. Uh, I don't know what other positions he could possibly play. Maybe second, maybe outfield. I don't know. But yeah, he, I just want to see what this kid can do. Yeah. Maybe he's the fourth spot.
1: Uh, yeah, maybe. I don't think so, but maybe <laughs> it's it's a battle, like we said. Like depending on this time will come when
0: they make a decision on whether or not Kevin Biggio is going to be their super utility guy, yeah, or uh, they're going to move on from him. Because to be honest with you, cat, look, I love Kevin and all that shit, but like a sub 700 OPS for a guy that you like, you're putting in key. Bad like spots in the lineup. I don't know. I just I don't know if he's got to hit better. He's got to hit better than what he has the last two years. So
1: yeah, yeah. Show and me. Going back to Keegan Matheson. Uh, yeah, the f- the first full workout for pitchers and catchers will be on the sixteenth of Feb. Uh, first okay. full squad workout is the twenty first. Anyone participating in the WBC will be getting reporting on the thirteenth. Again, if you like what we do, follow us on Twitter at BFMD Podcast. The website is BFMDpodcast.com. You can find the shows on Anchor, Apple, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks, as always, for taking the time to listen to this episode. For Patrick out in Halifax, I'm Justin here in Saskatoon. We will see you next time.